0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Sunday, September 13th, 2020. We are finally here. It is the week one main slate, and I am so happy to be joined by Sugar Shane Caldwell. I'm Andrew Hansen, and we're off to a great start here with the NFL season at DFS Coach Talk. We went two for two on the showdown slate with the lineups we gave out to our members for FanDuel. So, Shane, with that as a backdrop, how are you feeling about the main slate here on week one?
1: Yeah, I'm loving the main slate. It's, it's amazing how many good options there are here. And there's going to be some interesting decisions as we get up into the kickoff kickoff time and crunch time tomorrow because there's just a lot of different ways to analyze these games and a lot of different plays. And all of a sudden, there's some injuries popping up, uh, you know, which is causing some uh, some pretty chalky plays. Some, some value guys are popping up, which is completely shifting the whole strategy again. Uh, which is always makes it exciting as we continue to make pivots and change uh, and we'll be prepared for every scenario but yeah this is shaping up to be an awesome slate I love how there's a lot of things that are obvious but there's a lot of things that are super unpredictable as well and I'm trying to break down these rosters like my big thing is I want to predict the stuff before it happens before people are on it and I want to predict how these teams have changed from last year because everyone's Looking at stats from last year, and they're looking at matchup analysis from last year, and these the rosters have completely changed, and they're coming off a shortened off season, So it's it's crazy, and it's, it's crazy and exciting at the same time.
0: Yeah, it really is. So uh, what we're going to do here on this show is we're going to break down the, the main slate. It's about uh, just over 12 hours away here. We're, we're late Saturday night on the East Coast here taping this so that folks on the West Coast can listen to it later tonight and everybody else can listen to it in the morning and we've already done our you know length, lengthy preview show of the of the week back on Thursday and that was a preview of the Thursday showdown in the main slate so we're going to continue to do that every week but we want to give you our our plays as of now as we get ready for Sunday and and just give you that frame of reference of when we're taping this obviously we could have some more news Sunday you know 90 minutes before kickoff but We're going to incorporate the news that we have right now and give you a base to to build out your lineups. And then what we we suggest that you do is you you follow us on Twitter. We are at DFS Coach Talk. Shane is the Detroit sports man. You can find him on Twitter at D-E-T Sports Shane. You can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. And so we'll be updating news there throughout the day. And then what we do is we give uh, final lineups to our members if you want to become a member, we have weekly, monthly, and annual memberships. We also have a fall special for the NFL players um, that runs through the end of the year. And what we do is we give out uh, a f- two full FanDuel lineups. One is more of a, a hybrid that you can use in cash games and GPPs. The other one is more GPP. And then on DraftKings, we give out our coach's clipboard with a bunch of core plays and pivots so you can build your lineups out over there. So, We encourage you to come check us out and get our lineups, and you can find us at DFSCoachTalk.com to sign up for one of those memberships. So uh, let's get into the main slate first, and then we'll do the showdown game, uh, showdown slate after that. And I do want to mention that this show is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, BetUS. Uh, Just announced that partnership this week. We're very excited to be alongside them and you can go to betus.com.pa and use the promo code CoachTalk and get a 125% match on your deposit. So please go and do that. Use the uh, promo code CoachTalk and we'll have a great season here with betting and with DFS. So with that being Shane, with that being said, Shane, let's jump into the main slate. And you know the one piece of news sort of from a big picture strategy wise that you obviously have to keep in mind is the air quality for the Arizona San Francisco game is an issue. So there's a chance that that game won't be played or postponed or moved. We just don't know. But, um, you know, one of the big strategy issues here for this week is just make sure that if you have guys from that game, you have a plan to pivot. So make sure you know when the game start and who your plan is to pivot to if, if you need to. So, uh, with that being said, what we're going to do today is go position by position. On the uh, first show we did earlier this week, we went game by game. So you can always check that out if you'd like. Um, we went about an hour and 40 minutes. So we went deep uh, on each team, a bunch of analysis. So we invite you to um, to find that on YouTube. Uh, but today we're going to go position by position. So let's start with the quarterbacks, Shane. Uh, what's your initial uh, target there? You know, I mean,
1: I just want to mention Lamar Jackson is the is the number one play for most people. And I don't know if I'm going to get to a lot of Lamar Jackson, even though I understand he's the best. I mean, I look at Lamar Jackson as, again, I just want to mention this uh, once again. I think he's going to pass more. I think they're going to run more with the running backs as opposed to him. Uh, my theory is why would you risk? getting him injured and having more designed run plays for him. Obviously he'll still scramble and get a little bit of rushing yards. But if you remember that big week one performance he had, which I think he had what five touchdowns or something like that against Miami last year, he had like barely any rushing yards, but he had like 10 rushing yards or something like that. Right. So my point is, I don't think he's going to have to run much. I don't think the game plan is to run him much. Um, And I think they can win this game pretty easily, but I would say Cleveland plays Baltimore pretty tough. So uh, so I think he'll have a good performance, but I don't know if he's going to smash value at his price. So that's why I'm fading Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to have one of those dual threat games for 100 rushing yards and two to 300 passing yards. So that's my point there. Now, I do like these kind of mid range guys in good, uh, good matchups, good game scripts. Uh, You know, I, I like Matt Ryan, for example. You know he's kind of mid range pricing and Matt Ryan, you know, one of the highest passing volume guys in the league. I don't think that's going to change. I mean, they're going to run the ball a little bit with Todd Gurley, uh, but I love this Atlanta Seattle game. Seattle doesn't have much of a pass rush if you think about it. They lost to on Clowney, they don't really have much for a pass rush, so that means Matt Ryan should be comfortable in that pocket. And when Matt Ryan has time, He's great at this offense. He has great weapons all around him. And he already has rapport and chemistry with those guys. So I really like his upside here, Matt Ryan, in this game. And they're they're likely going to be down to Seattle. But if they're not, they're just going to have to keep slinging the ball because you don't want to let we keep saying, don't let Russ cook. You don't want to let right. Russ cook in the fourth quarter. So you better get a big lead on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. OK, so you could certainly, uh, you know, stack this game, uh, that, that game. I want to mention that and, and it has a lot of good guys to bring it back. So you could put Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and then bring back DK Metcalf, for example, on the other side. OK, and then the other guy kind of like in the mid range that I keep kind of uh, contemplating here is Carson Wentz. Um, I think that the Eagles are going to pass the ball more with Miles Sanders out, which we'll talk about that with the running backs here. So I think they're going to pass the ball more. I think he has weapons everywhere. I I think they run a lot of 12 personnel. They're a little bit not as deep at wide receiver. But those Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are so awesome. Both of them. They're going to get a lot of passes to him. And whenever Deshaun Jackson's in there, it opens up so much space underneath for those guys. And they can hit some deep shots. Washington is weak in the secondary. I'm a little concerned about what Chase Young is going to do and how the how the pass rush is because they have a great pass rush. But I think they're going to hold up enough where Carson Wentz is going to get some volume and Carson Wentz is pretty, pretty mobile, too. So he can do those bootlegs and get out of the pocket if he needs to. So I like Carson Wentz also in that mid range there. Um, And I think Washington can score enough to keep it where Carson Wentz has to keep keep slinging the ball around there so those are just a couple guys I wanted to mention I mean obviously there's other guys in play here but those are just a couple guys that I like in that mid-range that I'll be probably building quite a bit of lineups with
0: yeah those guys make a lot of sense to me and I should mention that week one last year was a big week for you right so you were on Lamar Jackson then and yeah. you're big you're big on the Ravens this year to win the Super Bowl but yep. not so much on on Lamar here week one it sounds yep. like I, I do want to mention though you know he he took responsibility for that loss in the playoffs and just, you know, admitted that they weren't really prepared. They sort of overlooked the Titans. And so you do have to figure he's going to come out with a vengeance week one and, and try to make a statement. But, you know, if, if the game the game script and the game plan doesn't call for it and he can hand it off to Ingram and Dobbins a bunch, you know, he may not need to do that that much. And, and um, obviously it's, it's an expensive uh, selection if you go with him. So I am looking at more of these mid-tier guys as well. Um, you know, Matt Ryan makes a lot of sense in that one of the uh, highest over-unders on BetUS, 49. Uh, Drew Brees, similar, over-under, 48. Carson Wentz, um, I'm not quite as excited about him because I do like the, the rushing attack for Philly. Um, so I, I, may, I may not get as much exposure to him. I may pay down in a couple lineups. On DraftKings, I'm looking at Cam Newton at 61. Uh, you know, we talked on the week-long show about the the challenge of picking the skill position players for New England on any given week, and now with Cam Newton here, it's even tougher. You know, what kind of rapport is he going to have with Edelman? You know, we we just don't know. But you could run him out there naked and hope for, you know, maybe he sneaks one in if they get it inside the five, and maybe he throws for a couple. So that's that's an option there. You know, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is an option. He's so cheap on DraftKings at fifty six hundred. That's a good matchup against Cincinnati. He could run one in as well. And then how about Dwayne Haskins down at five K? You know, we were joking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. But how about a little game stack or, you know, or mini stack involving McLaurin and Sims? Um, How heavily how highly owned do you think that would be? Oh yeah, I'd lo- I'd love it. I think I think that'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, worth a look here. We, yeah, Shane and I, Shane and I have a, a focus on GPPs. You know, we also build cash lineups, but that's our primary focus. So we're always looking for value, looking at ownership, and uh, trying to get a little bit under the radar. But you know, with the NFL, sometimes uh, opportunities open up with injuries, and you get some chalk situations. And, you know, to be a good GPP player, you still have to eat the chalk, uh, you know, every now and then, uh, sometimes multiple positions in your lineup. So let's transition to the running backs and start off with one of those big pieces of news. We've got Miles Sanders out in that Philadelphia game. So Boston Scott comes to the forefront. He's going to be highly owned. Are you going to eat that chalk, Mr. Caldwell? I'm
1: leading Boston Scott. I'm liking him a little bit more on DraftKings and FanDuel, but I'm not opposed to him on FanDuel. He's basically it's about the same price on both sides 4,700 FanDuel, 4,800 DK. But yeah, once this Miles Sanders news came out, it was, it's just now it's Boston Scott slate all of a sudden. I and mean, yeah. this guy's like what, five foot seven. He's listed five foot seven. He looks like he's five foot five and, yeah. but he's like over 200 pounds. So he's like a little wrecking ball in there. And yes, he's he is. A great. He's a great receiving back. I like his skill set. I don't know the Washington front and their linebackers are pretty physical and tough. And I, I, I brought this up when we had our pregame huddle here, that Washington Ron Rivera is their coach, defensive minded guy, and they have Jack Del Rio, who's a pretty good defensive coordinator. They have some big physical guys up front, so I don't know that you're just going to be able to run the ball at them. And Philadelphia has lost a couple of their starting offensive linemen. They're starting Pro Bowl guard and they're starting uh, t- left tackle. Andre Dillard are, are both out. Uh, so, Philadelphia is not as dominant at the point of attack for often for pass rush or, or for rushing block rush blocking here so because of that I don't like Boston Scott in the rushing game as much so that's why I'm leaning more I like him in the passing game he's dominant in the passing game and explosive and uh he, he can run good routes he's got great hands and you know the, he's so short you can't even find him and he's also physical enough I mean to run between the tackles I just don't think he's going to be able to get that much in the running game uh, but yeah he's, he's, he's really solid so leaning more towards on DraftKings, I'll probably have some FanDuel exposure. But I'm not sure, um, would you trust Boston Scott on FanDuel and cash? I guess
0: that's the question. That is a good question. Um, that's the that's my last area of focus, though, uh, is yeah. FanDuel cash. I, I exactly. prefer DraftKings cash if I am going to go cash. Um, so maybe not. I'd have to look at that a little bit more. But I do I do agree with you in general. I certainly prefer him on DraftKings. Um, so let's let's talk about another running back chalk situation. Josh Jacobs, uh, most people are on him. Great matchup. We know that uh, the Raiders love to pound the rock. Uh, I I love him. I mean I'm I'm on him. I'm willing to eat that chalk. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jacobs?
1: Yeah, I think he's a good guy that you can eat the chalk there. I can see. I mean, his price is really cheap on DraftKings. It's too cheap. I know he doesn't catch a lot of balls, but they have talked about getting him involved. I think eventually he is going to start catching some balls, and he's going to have a great matchup to do it in here. So even if he catches three or four ball passes, I mean, that's going to really uh, uh, up his upside here. And I think the Raiders are going to move the ball so good that Josh Jacobs will finally start getting some touchdowns. Um, I don't have his stats from last year, but I know he didn't have a lot of touchdowns last year, and that was one of his issues. And he he was uh, in the games that the Raiders won, uh, which wasn't a lot of games, but Josh Jacobs dominated those games. And the games they lost, and he was out of the game script because he's not really a a you know a scat back type uh, receiving back. They, he really bombed. And this is a perfect game script for them to dominate. Uh, you know, some people are on the Carolina side. I don't. I have a couple guys from Carolina I like because they, they will, I think, stay in the game. But I think Josh Jacobs, uh, Gruden is going to keep handing him the rock all the way through the whole game if this stays close. And I think it will stay close. Uh, so, yeah, I can't can't really get off Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that I think I'm seeing some pretty high ownership numbers. So I'm going to monitor these ownership numbers uh, throughout the night and early in the morning and, and make some decisions based on that. But I, I love Josh Jacobs. I can't deny it.
0: Yeah, I do too. And you're right. I mean, the game script is so important for him to get those extra carries in the fourth quarter with a lead. And he only had seven touchdowns, to your point, last season, two of those in the first week. Uh, But he did miss a couple games with injuries, so expecting big things from him. Um, Another uh, strong matchup is the Chargers against Cincinnati. Uh, It's always a a position that we target. So, what are your thoughts on Eckler, Justin Jackson? Are are they in the mix for you?
1: You know, I was, I, I, you know, I I mentioned this on the podcast over there. I'm not completely opposed to them, but they're not my favorite. Uh, I think that, uh, Cincinnati going to be a little bit of improved on defense. Um, and I don't think their offensive line is that great. So, yeah, so I think they're decent plays, but I don't, if they're going to be splitting carries, I don't, I don't think I like Eckler at his price. Um, I think he will be really highly owned as well. So there's other guys I prefer there, but I, I, wouldn't really, you know, doubt you if you, if you wanted to play him, I think Eckler's still a good play, but he's not one of my favorite guys to smash, uh, for the price he's at, um. Um, and it, it's yeah I, for some reason I think Cincinnati when I study their roster that they're going to be slightly improved you know on defense here
0: okay now we haven't mentioned mr McCaffrey uh somewhat talented somewhat expensive here <laughs> <laughs> are yep. you planning to fade him since you haven't mentioned him yet
1: yeah yeah he's the, he's gonna be the highest owned player on the entire slate and I'm I'm on team fade McCaffrey which I know not too many people are uh, but I'm okay with that uh, So I think that, you know, I I don't think that the uh, matchup is really, uh, you know, that easy of a matchup for him. Uh, And I think that, uh, you know, he is going to catch a lot of balls uh, like he always does. Um, But I don't I'm I'm just really not that high on him for McCaffrey
0: here. All right. Yeah, I'm planning to fade him primarily as well. uh, Spend up elsewhere. One more guy I want to mention who's uh, to me he's a little bit under the radar. He's just not getting much buzz is Raheem Mostert. For the 49ers, got a great matchup against Arizona. Um, Any reason to avoid him other than the fact that obviously there's a question mark with the game itself? But if it plays, what do you think about him as a potential under-the-radar guy, lower ownership than some of the other guys in that price range?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that game uh, because a lot of people will be on, obviously, the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game with how exciting that is. So I like kind of targeting that San Fran, Arizona game. It's going to be super fast paced on the Arizona side that leads to more possessions for San Francisco. San Francisco can kind of turn up the pace as well. I think Garoppolo could have a good game. So I think it's going to be a very high scoring, very competitive game. And I think most are going to get a lot of carries and that, yeah, San Fran offensive line is great. And the, the, defensive front for Arizona is still pretty weak. So I, I like playing against those guys uh, with this running scheme. Uh, and I think it's a great spot for Mostert. And you're right, he's, he's not really getting a ton of hype here.
0: Okay. Excellent. Anyone else you want to mention here? Should we tr- transition to the wide receivers?
1: No, I think that I just think that, like I said, with McCaffrey, that the, uh, uh, the Raiders' defense is improved. I think when they added, uh, I've talked about it a few times, when they added Corey Littleton in the middle. I think they have a solid, a solid defense and the Raiders are, were really good against the run last year um, And Corey Littleton is actually really good at uh, covering tight ends and also covering the uh, covering uh, running backs on the backfield. I just want to give one sneaky running back play here. Okay, that I haven't heard anyone talk about all week here. Let me, let me find this guy in my notes here, because I have I have a lot of notes at this point.
0: Okay, so this He's guy so is so sneaky that you stupid. you have him hidden i notes. know exactly yeah
1: well there's a lot of games going on here i got like 13 games in front of me notes uh, uh okay so this guy uh had a really big game a big season last year he was he was huge and uh he's he's pretty expensive and no one i no one i don't think wants to pay it for him so i'm talking about aaron jones okay so aaron jones is the type of guy that can win you a tournament because guess what he has high upside you know i Played him last year when he had, I think, four, four, touchdown four touchdowns. touchdowns? Yeah. yeah, I played him, yeah, that that game. Uh, so, yeah, he, he won me a lot of money last year. So no one's really talking about him, and he's the type of guy that has that type of upside. So 7800 on FanDuel, 6900 on DK, that's a good price. But I'm not seeing a lot of ownerships. I don't have his exact ownership, but I'm going to keep an eye on his ownership because I think it's going to be like 5% or below, which is good. Okay, so when people see the Minnesota's defense, they're like, man, steer clear here. Um, but what they may be not realizing is that they lost Everson, Everson Griffin, who was really good at setting the edge at the defensive end position. And they lost Daniel Hunter, who's out on IR right now, who's their other stud outside linebacker slash DN guy there. And they also lost Linval Joseph, the big nose tackle who's a run stuffer in the inside. Okay. So you see that the theme here, Minnesota's defense isn't as good as what people think it is. Right. And uh, guess what? I think the Packers want to do run the ball. And I don't think that AJ Dillon's going to come in here as a rookie the first game and just eat into Aaron Jones. I think that Aaron Jones uh, is still going to get a lot of run here, and they're going to they're going to run the ball effectively to be competitive in this game and kind of slow the game down. So, so I like Aaron Jones as a sneaky play, uh, especially in GPPs
0: here. Okay, excellent, good call. All right, let's transition to the wide receivers. A couple big pieces of news here: Mike Evans has been upgraded to questionable, so he may be out there for Week One. And Mr. Galladay is doubtful, so you've got the inside scoop there with uh, Detroit. So, uh, does do those pieces of news affect the landscape for you with wide receivers enough to impact your selections?
1: Yeah, it does really affect things quite a bit here. Galladay's injury was kind of later in the week during practice; it kind of came out of nowhere. So that's the worst time, to, right in the middle of the week, to get a hamstring injury. So it's not good. Um, he was going to be a great matchup I was already high on Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson before that uh, before Galladay was injured so you can imagine how uh, that I'm pretty high on Marvin Jones now the only problem is the rest of the public's high on him now I was like dang I I wish no one knew about him because (laughs) that would have been better right so he's he's reasonably priced at 6200 on FanDuel and 5500 on DK and I think that if you're playing multiple lineups you can have exposure to him and I'm I'm okay with Marvin Jones and cash and GPPs. You know, I think he's got a great floor and he's got a good ceiling here. Um, And his chemistry with Stafford is top notch. His his ability to get open, to catch contested balls. He's going to be their number one red red zone target. Him and the other guy I mentioned, Hawkinson. Okay, he's going to get a ton of targets, a ton of work here. And the Lions can can pass the ball and he has good matchups against the Bears secondary. Uh, So, yeah, Marvin Jones, a great play here. He's looked awesome all offseason, all camp. And it's really important to shortened offseason to focus on players, quarterbacks and wide receivers that already have excellent timing, excellent chemistry, that have talent and are fit fit in the scheme and already know the scheme this is their second year in this offense they know the offense they played together well and that's huge here so i think this is an example of that and his targets and usage just went up because their their number one guy galladay they're kind of one a and one b but their name guy galladay went out so uh yep so marvin jones is in play here the only problem is his ownership is going to go way up now that's the only issue i don't like
0: with him absolutely so you've got me thinking now talking about the chemistry What do you think about Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders? Because it is a high over-under game at 48. We obviously have Michael Thomas in the mix, but he's much more expensive. You could stack all three of those guys together. But what do you think about pairing Drew Brees with Emmanuel Sanders?
1: Yeah, so they don't really have that much chemistry, right? Uh, But I do like the fact that they're two savvy veterans who are really smart, Really, really good at their position in terms of knowing the game and knowing all the nuances. So the fact that Emmanuel Sanders is so experienced and he's still got athleticism, but he's really good route runner. He's a really smart guy in terms of knowing route concepts and picking up in the offense. So I'm fine with Emmanuel Sanders because of his experience and the fact that Drew Brees could make him better. If you looked at Emmanuel Sanders throughout his career, like when he was in Denver, he had horrible. Uh, really bad quarterback play, you know, throughout the years, and he still produced. So Emmanuel Sanders could do big things with, with Drew Brees and with so much attention focused on Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders could do well. But, you know, he might not have quite as much chemistry as some of these other guys, though, that have been playing together, like, you know, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones or Matt Ryan to Calvin Ridley. They've been playing together a lot longer, right? And they also have upside Uh, Calvin Ridley probably in a similar price point there or Marvin Jones in a similar price point, but yeah, I'm not opposed to Emmanuel Sanders. He's not one of my top tier guys that I like, but I'm not opposed to him at all. And I think he's, you're going to get him at pretty low ownership. That's one thing I do really like about him. And yeah, with Drew Brees, he could definitely have a huge game here.
0: That's going to be one of the biggest uh, factors on this slate. I think is, uh, you know, how Drew Brees performs and who he targets and how much and who gets production through the air with with New Orleans, because I mean, we talked on the, the week long show here earlier this week. Michael Thomas had two monster games against Tampa last year, 28 fantasy points and then 44 on DraftKings. And that's the way to attack Tampa is through the air. And so I'm I'm going to be uh, really grinding on this decision about how, how to attack that game and, through the air.
1: And Andrew, I would tell you, just like I, I mentioned on the Thursday full slate breakdown is that my opinion is that tampa Bay's defense is a lot better this year. They were good against the run already, but I think they are going to be much improved against the pass. So even though Drew Brees is the master at picking apart these uh, picking apart these defenses, I don't think it's going to be a super easy game where they have that huge blow-up game. I, I don't think this game is going to be like an over game that I want to bet that it's going way over on the total. Um, okay. So that was my opinion of this game, even though it obviously has explosive superstars and Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing in it. Uh, I just think the defenses are are being underrated in this game script. So that was that was kind of my opinion here. Not that I'm going to fade the whole game or anything, but I just am not looking to attack a lot of plays in that game.
0: And you know that Tom Brady is going to try to control the clock as much as he can with short passes. And, you know, if they get Fournette going a little bit, you know, they're going to try to keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. And we know that the Saints can have long, sustained drives too. So, you know, that yeah. that could be a difference maker for us if we don't, stack this game as much as others.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Any other wide receivers you want to mention? Or are we ready for uh the tight end position? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to steer away from Devontae Adams. You know, I probably wouldn't play him in the lineup with Aaron Jones, like I was saying, because I'm not going to play that much Aaron Jones anyways, but Devontae Adams is pretty is 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 to me, I think we mentioned this before, he's basically should be as good as Michael Thomas at a way cheaper price. Um, so at $8,000 on FanDuel, $7,300 on DK is like criminally priced for Devontae Adams. So um, like I said, the, the Minnesota doesn't really have that much of a pass rush like they used to. They used to have just a, a vicious pass rush. Uh, and they're really not that not that intimidating anymore. So you're going to give Aaron Rodgers time, and you got a bunch of young corners trying to go- cover Devontae Adams, his number one target here. This is not going to go well for for Minnesota. So if Green Bay wins this game, it's because of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Those are their guys there, and I think they're both going to have good games here.
0: Um, so I,
1: I like Devontae Adams. I think he's worth paying up for.
0: Yeah, he's certainly in the mix for me as well. Yeah. All right, let's go to the tight end position. Uh, most expensive guy on the board, George Kittle. He's got that primo matchup uh, against Arizona. They were they were horrendous against the tight ends last year. Uh, so he's going to be popular. We've got Mark Andrews. Uh, he's got a good matchup against Cleveland. Uh, you looking at either of those guys?
1: I'm not as high on Kittle. I don't really want to pay up that much for tight end because I think I mentioned before, I just love some of the mid-tier guys and I love the value guys like a a lot that I really like those guys so much that I don't want to pay for that I don't want to pay up for Kittle here and I'm not so sure I mean is Arizona going to throw like Isaiah Simmons out there like that really fast rangy guy and even though Kittle's way stronger and more physical than him uh Isaiah Simmons is so rangy that he might be able to cause some coverage issues for them so I don't know if they're going to throw him or they're going to put their safety on there uh, on there that they just paid a lot of money to. So, I mean, they have some players that they can match up against. I mean, they're going to come up with a game plan to stop George Kittle because what other pass-receiving targets do they have? Uh, not right. too many, right?
0: Right. I mean, D- Devo Samuels is out, and Brendan Ayuk is questionable. And that brings us to Kendrick Bourne for the wide receivers, who to me is a, is a, uh, a guy who's under the radar who I'm going to be looking at in that mid-tier to lower tier price range he's only five thousand on draftkings you're right i mean they just don't have as many experienced pass catchers as they usually do so uh i i kind of like born uh, as a pivot
1: yep yeah, yeah bit born in uh the reports out of camp that brandon Ayuk, if he does play i think he's gonna play um uh, mm-hmm. he's been like their number one receiver you know besides you know debo's been out so he's been really good as a rookie but i don't trust rookies as I've you know, kind of mentioned that a few times. It's a little hard right. to trust rookies here. Very, there's a very few guys that I trust as rookies. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just not quite sure about Kittle. I think it, I think they'll really focus on trying to shut him down and limit him. So I don't think he's going to have the monster game that everyone thinks he's going to have um, and to pay off that that high price tag. And I love the other options at tight end here. So And, you know, I love my guy T.J. Hawkinson. I was already high on Hawkinson at tight end, okay, and then all of a sudden Galladay goes out. So you got Galladay, their number one red zone threat, and then probably it goes in the order of uh, what my opinion this year would be Hawkinson and Marvin Jones are basically the second tier guys for the red zone threats. And all of a sudden Galladay's out. So uh, so all that all that uh, red zone targets are going to go to Hawkinson and, and Marvin Jones. And guess what? Those guys also are involved between the 20s. They're not just red zone guys. Uh, and the Bears like to limit the deep pass. They're not going to want to get beat by Marvin Jones. Another guy named Marvin Hall. If you remember Marvin Hall, he averages right. like 25 yards a catch. You know, he's yeah. a, he's like a four three burner. They're going to try to stretch that defense, and that's just going to be basically to clear clear space underneath and uh, that that Tampa two, you know, deep deep, uh, you know, bend but don't break defense. So. The Bears are totally going to try to limit the big play. They're going to eat with their pass rush, with their dominant defensive line. Um, But I think Stafford's smart enough to get rid of the ball quick, and he's going to get it to Hawkinson. And Hawkinson is looking stronger. He's put on extra weight and muscle. He's bulked up, but he's still super fast and explosive, and he's got great hands. And he knows the offense really good. So Hawkinson is a big play waiting to happen here. I know he didn't have any explosive plays a a lot last year, but he's going to make big plays and he's going to be a primary red zone threat here. And he's way too cheap at 4,200 on DK and 5,300 on FanDuel. So Hawkinson, I I think he's going to be fairly low owned as well. I don't think he's, you know, he's not going to be super low, but he's going to be low enough where you can gain an advantage by playing him. Um, So I love Hawkinson.
0: Yeah. I also like two other guys in that price range. On draftkings I like Hayden Hurst filling that role in Atlanta a high total against Seattle um, we know how Matt Ryan likes the tight end position and then Jack Doyle for Indianapolis a good matchup against Jacksonville um Trey Burton's on IR so that position is really all his um do you what do you think about those two guys either uh, those I- interest you
1: Yeah, I absolutely love Hayden Hurst. Uh, He's absolutely in a smash spot here. And I feel like this is a guy that's like super athletic. He's a completely athletic freak. He's strong, physical. He's got all the traits you need for a superstar tight end. He just never got that much run and that many targets or snaps in Baltimore. So this guy is just a breakout waiting to happen. Um, So, and I think you're going to have to focus on stopping Julio Jones and probably Kelvin Ridley. So he's going to, he's going to get eat underneath. I mean, if you look at, how Austin Hooper did in this offense last year, you know, I think Hayden Hurst is a way better athlete than Austin Hooper and even more upside. So you got to love Hayden Hurst. And I think on DraftKings, you can I was crunching some lineups already. I might have been toying with it a little bit. Hawkinson and Hurst, you can throw both those guys in there, which I know you you'd like doing that. Occasionally yes. It's a two tight end set because I'm telling you, those guys are both way too cheap in the four thousand dollar range in their upside their floor and their upside is ridiculous uh, in, in this matchup. The way these games are shaping up.
0: Absolutely. All right, great. So let's hit the uh, the defensive position. Um, I believe on our week long show you were leaning towards not necessarily paying up here. I do like the Bills at 3700 against the Jets, low total. Um, you, you often see those you know kind of boring, low scoring battles between those two teams so i'm I'm looking at the bills as an option. I like the Patriots as an option against Miami. Who do you like for your defense?
1: I, I really like the Baltimore Ravens, even though Cleveland is talented. I just I am just of the opinion that this Baltimore defense is absolutely dominant and absolutely loaded. Everywhere, and that almost no, no matter who they're playing, especially Cleveland, that they're going to dominate and make so many plays. I like their scheme, I like how they blitz a lot. They're comfortable with their coverage, they're going to cause a lot of issues for Baker Mayfield, and they're good enough to stop the run. I mean, Cleveland is super talented with their running backs, and Odell Beckham is healthy, but I'm still not afraid of it. And I love Baltimore at home here. Um, they are a little bit expensive on FanDuel, though I think they're 4800 over there on FanDuel. We're on 3,100 on DK to me is too cheap for the Baltimore Ravens. So I really like them. Um, if you want to get down in the value range here, um, again, this is going to feel like a homer pick, but I'm st- I still like the Lions at home against the Bears. Um, the 3,700 on Fanduel and 2,700 on DK. I think they're way too cheap. And I think they're they have a lot of playmakers. Uh, You know, no one's on them. No one's worried, you know, thinking about them. They think that's just going to be the same old Lions. I know that's something we hear a lot when you're Lions fan. So, yeah, what was that
0: stat I saw this this week, Shane, that the Bears, the Lions haven't beaten the Bears in like three years, is it?
1: Yeah, I think, and I think uh, Stafford missed both games against the Bears last year. I just want to point okay. that out. All so, right. <laughs> yeah. that let me important. point that out. Okay. Yeah, that Points. makes a difference. Yeah, I'll, ma- I'll mention that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, so I'm not worried about that, and I'm, I'm telling you, I I don't think people understand the type of chemistry and how good this new defensive coordinator is, Corey Unlin, and how this team's coming together. I know that sounds like a bunch of rhetoric, um, but (laughs) we're going to see because, yeah, when they get between those lines tomorrow, we're going to see. I do respect the Bears. I think they're a great team. I just think that Trubisky – I don't trust him. I don't think the Bears' offensive line is that good, okay? And I think that they're good enough to contain Allen Robinson. I think he'll get off a little bit. And I'm not afraid of the running backs. I'm not afraid of David Montgomery. My point is the Lions, I think, are going to make some plays like, like defensive touchdown, interception, fumble recovery, sack. Like They're going to get a lot of those plays. They normally are not that good at making those plays. And I think this is a game where they will make some explosive plays. They have a lot more playmakers. People aren't really paying attention to that. And guess what Corley Unland's going to do? He's going to have more pressure packages. He might be a little bit more aggressive at times, and they just have a lot more explosive uh, guys that can get to the pass rush and that can make plays, so, which they didn't last year. They had really bad play calling and they had bad players. They're, they're improved in the play calling and the players all around. So that's that's why I like them. Okay. And they're super cheap on DraftKings, really cheap on FanDuel too. Here's another team that I think is pretty good, the L.A. Chargers. I mean, they lost Derwin James. You know, he's injured every year, but they still got great pass rushers. And guess they got, uh, they still have Casey Hayward and they got Chris Harris Jr. In cor- at corners. Those guys are right. playmakers. So 4,200 on FanDuel and, 2800 on DK. Yep. yep. So that's pretty cheap. Going against a rookie quarterback in a shortened offseason in his first game. Joe Burrow is is amazing talent, but I don't I don't care. He's not he's not playing it. You know this isn't LSU versus Alabama anymore. I don't, <laughs> you know I don't I don't care. You know this right. is still a professional team here. Yeah. Uh, so you know so I feel like uh, Joe Burrow could definitely make some mistakes and they can get after
0: him here. So yeah, I um, like the. I like the Chargers as a paydown option as on DraftKings as well. So
1: exactly, I like the Indianapolis Colts against Jacksonville because yep. they're an absolute mess. And and I think if if Gardner Minshew is going to try to sling the ball around, then I think the Indianapolis will make some plays on him.
0: So. Absolutely, good stuff. All right. Well, before we get to the showdown slate here, just want to invite you to jump in as a member so you can get our lineups. We give out the two FanDuel lineups that you can plug and play. And then on DraftKings, we give out the Coach's Clipboard, which we've developed over time. It has core plays highlighted and a bunch of pivots, and that keeps us within the DraftKings guidelines. So we invite you to jump in as a member. You can still get these lineups on Sunday. Um, Easy process. Just go to DFSCoachTalk.com, select which membership you want, and then whichever length of time membership that you choose, you'll have access to all of our sports. We've been crushing it in the NBA at about an 80% win rate. Uh, so you get our uh, NBA lineups every day, MLB lineups, PGA lineups as well. So we'd love to have you. Thank you for your support. Um, if you're interested in the showdown slate, we're going to break that down right now. So uh, Shane, let's let's turn the page to the 8:20 kickoff and give the early look here on betus.com.pa. The Dallas Cowboys are two-point favorites, and so you know our fearless leader Joe Sarvati is feeling good about that. Big uh, Cowboys fan down in the Dallas area. And the over-under here is 51.5 um, in this matchup with the Rams. So uh, what is your I, – I know you dug in real deep here on some of these matchups, cornerback, wide receiver matchups, et cetera, to get everybody ready for the showdown slate. And, again, we will have lineups for our members for this slate as well. Uh, but what's your uh, overall analysis of this uh, one game Sunday night slate
1: what I think this game's going to be awesome what a great great game to finish off the Sunday Sunday night here uh, with our first Sunday opening Sunday here it's a really high total it's super close game super close game and explosive offenses with playmakers and good quarterbacks and great systems Uh, and then Defenses that I think are 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 pretty exploitable and not really that great. They have a couple, they have some stars here and there, but they're really exploitable. So I'm looking at some of these matchups here, and that is determining how I think this game is going to go and who we want to target here and to and, and who we want to fade that could really gain an advantage here. So I'm looking at the Cowboys secondary in a their starting corner. Because remember, they lost Byron Jones. They're really weak at corner already. Their secondary is weak. Awuzie has been playing with – he's been practicing now, but he has a knee injury. It's still a lingering knee injury. So he's going to play, but he's going to be injured. And that could come up in the game. okay? so he's playing with an injury. Jordan Lewis, their starting slot corner, typically, who's pretty decent, is out. He's out with an injury. That means Anthony Brown is going to be their slot corner, who's not really that good at coverage. So you're going to have and then on the other side, you're going to have Diggs, which is Stephon Diggs, uh, little brother, who's a really explosive, talented athlete, but he's still a rookie cornerback. Going against you know guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in this first game, right? So you got weakness in the secondary for sure. In their safeties, you know they don't really have any good any good safeties as well. I think Xavier Woods is like their starting safety, so they're not really that good. So you can really get the Cowboys in the back end. So that makes me want to stack up uh, big time on the on the L.A. Rams uh, passing game. So that makes me actually like Jared Goff slightly better than Dak Prescott, even though Dak Prescott is. Fantasy quarterback number two from last year, I think, behind Lamar Jackson, if I remember right. So he's obviously a superstar. But in this particular situation, because of the pricing, I like Jared Goff slightly over Dak Prescott. Not saying I don't like Dak Prescott, just I like Jared Goff better at lower ownership. So you can put him in the captain's spot, and then you can stack him I think you got to play Cooper Cupps and Robert Woods. That's how that's how much I think you can exploit this secondary. They're going to have mismatches everywhere, and they're going to fire up that passing game. Sean McVay has great schemes. If you think about the running backs, they're not really that talented. They got a rookie running back. They got Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. None of those guys are great, and the Cowboys are decent against the run. So everything leads to an explosive passing game. And guess what? The Cowboys are going to score a lot on the other side, so the Rams are going to pass a lot. So I just want to mention that Jared Goff, 14,000 on FanDuel, 9,400 on DK for the showdown pricing. Um, He's worth paying up for. Uh, Robert Woods, 11,000 FanDuel, 7,800 on DK. Way too cheap there. Cooper Cup, who just got a big contract extension, just got paid $12,000 FanDuel, 8,400 on DraftKings. I like those guys starting, starting my build with that. I know that you have to pay up for those guys. And then, you can also look at uh, the tight end position. Tyler Higbee, it was on fire last year, and they're they're really not that great at covering tight ends, the Cowboys. Jalen Smith is okay in coverage, but he's not elite in coverage, and he might be matching up with Tyler Higbee here. He's 7500 on FanDuel, 7200 on DK. So I love Tyler Higbee if you can fit him into your build. Gerald Everett is underpriced uh, on DraftKings. He's $6,500 on FanDuel, but $1,000 on DraftKings, which is weird. Uh, And they they run a lot of 12 personnel. Remember, their third, they lost Brandon Cooks, their third wide receivers, Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson, the rookie. Right. So they're going to run out that 12 personnel package with the two tight ends a lot, which means to me, Gerald Everett is a starter. Now, he doesn't get a ton of targets, but he only needs a couple catches and a little bit of production here to pay off that $1,000 value on DraftKings. So, so I think he's going to be highly owned because of that misprice there. Um, and then on the Dallas side, got to love this explosive offense. Dak Prescott is in play here, even though I did say Jared Goff, I like slightly more, 16000 on FanDuel, 10800 on DK. It's just really hard to pay up for him in the captain spot. I like Ezekiel Elliott probably better than Dak Prescott, and you could, you could fit him in. Uh, to some of these builds here, fifteen thousand on Fanduel, ten thousand four hundred on DK. Ezekiel Elliott is going to eat in this game. The Rams are pretty weak at the linebacker position, and once you get past Aaron Donald, basically, which they can double team him, uh, and Brockers, once they get some bodies on them with this dominant offensive line, and they get in, Elliott gets into the second level. They're they're weak in the secondary. Uh, at safety, they're weak up the middle at linebacker. So I like Ezekiel Elliott to eat here. I'm expecting him to get involved in the passing game and to get a ton of volume and be explosive here. And of course he's their red zone back too. So that always helps. And then I like Blake Jarwin. Um, uh, we talked about the Rams when we previewed these guys back in the Springs, they lost Corey Littleton, their coverage linebacker, who was really good against covering tight ends. They lost Nicole Roby, Robo, Roby Coleman, their slot corner, who was really solid last year. They lost Eric Weddle in retirement, starting safety, who was pretty good, Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowl safety. So that means Blake Jarwin can eat here in this matchup. $8,000 on FanDuel, $6,200 on DK. Blake Jarwin is an explosive tight end. He can hit the seams and get those explosive plays, and Dak will be looking for him. And it's a matchup you can exploit because they don't have a linebacker or safety that can match up against this guy. They did last year. They don't this year. And, again, that's another example of these teams changing. And then that brings me to CeeDee Lamb. I like CeeDee Lamb in the slot because they're going to have probably a rookie or a very inexperienced uh, slot corner in there. I looked up his pass coverage, some of the pass coverage for their projected slot corners, and they were not very good at all. So he has by far the best matchup because on the outside, their outside corners, including Jalen Ramsey, are really highly rated in pass coverage. So that makes me not like. Cooper uh, uh Amari Cooper and Gallup as much even though they're superstar receivers in this lineup so CD Lamb is one of the few rookies in a showdown slate that I would play 8500 on FanDuel 58 on DK so I do like CD Lamb here as well and that's kind of what I'm looking at for this lineup I'm looking at maybe fading uh Amari Cooper and Gallup because I don't like the matchups and I'm exploiting the weaknesses of these defenses and really going for that and, and taking advantage of these matchups
0: oh, excellent breakdown I, I like that content one thing I'll add, just in terms of strategy on DraftKings, that's where I focus my play in terms of the showdowns. Is I do like Cooper Cup as the captain. You know, on the PPR format, he has a lot of games where he gets that ceiling of over 30 fantasy points. And uh, Jared Goff doesn't usually get quite as high on the on the big games. I mean, if he smashes with all those guys, he could he could outscore Cup. But um, you know the fact that Cup's even thousand dollars cheaper as as a flex player, you know means he's that much cheaper as a captain. You can uh, fit one more guy in potentially at the end of the roster that you like. So uh, play around with that. I like I like Cup as the captain.
1: I agree uh, with that. Yeah, I think it's good because yeah. you might be able to get up to whatever if you wanted to play Tyler Higby, or if maybe you right. need to pay you need a little more money to play CD Lamb or something yeah. like that, or one of these guys that you like. So yeah, so I agree with that. That's a that's a Excellent. great idea.
0: Okay. Terrific. So again, we will give out the uh, single game lineups on FanDuel for this game to our members, as well as the, uh, the core plays over on DraftKings. So um, that wraps it up for us, Shane. Um, just want to mention again on uh, social media, you can find us on D- at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. We really appreciate your support on YouTube. If you could smash that like button and the subscribe button, that'd be great. And every week you'll be getting notifications of when our NFL podcasts post. We'll have multiple shows per week. I um, want to thank our presenting sponsor again, betus.com.pa. Head over there, use the promo code COACHTALK, and you get a 125% match on your first deposit. Our charity of choice here is mambaon3.org, org, set up by the Bryant family. Uh, Shane, any final thoughts here before the week one main slate kicks off?
1: Well, I would tell everyone to get at get at the DFS coach talk and join us because we're going to be providing awesome Fanduel cash you know cash hybrid style lineup for this main slate here, uh, and then we're going to provide a GPP lineup that's going to be awesome, and we're also going to provide a hybrid hybrid lineup in NFL for Yahoo Daily Fantasy. There's some great contests on Yahoo Daily Fantasy, so. So reserve your entries now, sign up for DFS coach talk. If you're ready to uh, ready to make some cash on the Sunday slate and, and smash it here, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so definitely get signed up now and you'll take advantage of all our other sports and our great content that we have in the lineups. And we're going to have an awesome player pool, uh, what we call the coaches clipboard on D- DraftKings, That's going to be
0: really help you build winning lineups here. Uh, we're looking for a huge Sunday. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, excited to get after it. So Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. We will have another NFL show for Monday for the two-game Monday night slate. So be sure to tune in for that. And we continue to have our NBA podcasts every day that there are games. So uh, we do invite you to tune into those as well. So on behalf of Sugar Shane Caldwell, Joe Sarvati, the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.